Good. And all the time. You may be seated. Thank the Lord for knowing that He is good and experiencing His goodness in our hearts and our lives. We're glad to see so many of you here today. And we appreciate the fact that the Lord has gave you a good weather day. Maybe you looked up the weather report and decided it's time to go to church. And uh, we're glad that you're here today. I want to welcome everyone again. We're pleased to have all of our visitors with us today. And we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Let's give the Lord a cheer. Shall we do that? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank the Lord. And uh, good to see you, Lenore, but you're not a bit taller. <laughs> we want to uh, tell you that Brother uh, brother Harold and Sister Lisa and their family, they're, they're on a missing airy trip today. And uh, we will miss them in our uh, worship and in our programming today, but we appreciate Sister Beverly Nagel taking over, and we're just going to have a good time in the Lord today. He did not miss us today. He's here. Now then, I want one note I want to share with you. In fact, I've been doing this each Sunday, giving just a brief report on my wife, and I will tell you that uh, she is going to get to come home Wednesday of this coming week. And I'm very grateful for that. She uh, is still going to be confined because her leg that she broke, uh, she is only able to put at this point still 30%. So she's going to be confined to a wheelchair. And uh, we are appreciative at our home that we have a cheer lift now. And I put my pilot's suit on, you know, when I get on that thing, and away we go. We, we're, we're glad for that, by the way. That'll be a tremendous blessing, not only to my wife, but it's a blessing to me as well, I will tell you that. Now then, we are going to do announcements. And the first announcement I want to make is Sister Lisa Carr will be taking care of our Wednesday night Bible study this week. As this is the day that my wife is coming home, I kind of feel like I may ought to be there to help the acclimation process. And so you won't take a good look at this face. You won't see it Wednesday night, okay? All right. Enough of, I know enough of a good thing. Are there any other announcements or anything to be given emphasis from anyone? Sister Glenda Carr. That's our ladies' meeting this Saturday, 5 o'clock. All right. Uh, I said that because you don't have a microphone to go out over the uh, the uh, PowerPoint. That's not it. Online. That's what it is. 
All right, any other announcements from anyone? If not, we're, did you have a... Oh, oh, over here. Sister Doris. All right. The sign up list for what? Tacos. For Saturday night. For Saturday night. Okay. I wasn't going to come, but I may come now. I love tacos. Okay. All right. Any other any other announcements or anything to be said? One of you boys I lost my microphone here. I don't know if you need to come and readjust me or not. I was told one time I probably ought to say it differently about readjusting me because the whole church could come up at a time like that. All right. Any other announcements or anything to be given emphasis? If not, then we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And we want to pray for the Spirit of God. It is time that we see people saved. It is time we see people sanctified, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence for speaking in other tongues. It is time for revival to hit our community of church. We must have that. I'm praying for that. I want you to pray for that if you will. But do you have a request you want to give in this morning? Yes. All right, we shall. Praise the Lord. Another request from anyone. Unspoken request by the raising of your hand. Say, oh my goodness, the church all over is raising their hand. So would you stand as we go to the Lord in prayer? I'm going to ask Sister Glenda Carr to lead us in this prayer. And as she begins to pray, join in with her in prayer. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the abundance of your love. Oh, your mercies are so wonderful. And Lord, we honor you, give you glory, give you thanksgiving. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're looking to you. We need your help, oh God, today. Lord, we need your help today. And we ask you, Lord, to anoint not only the singing, the praying, the testimonies, but anoint the word that it is given today. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, in the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise your name, O oh God. Praise your name, O oh God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And let the church together say amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. We're going to 
worship the Lord at this time through our giving. The giving today is our, uh, I believe, fourth Sunday, and uh, that is for the expense of the church. And if you have anything else in your uh, giving, uh, give to the missions, give to the uh, youth, give to the building fund of the church, just mark it whatever it is. We'll ask you, Lord, to bless this giving today. It is to you. It is not for mankind. It is for the purpose of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask our ushers to come at this time, and we want to worship the Lord in praying. Praise the Lord. Bring the bicycle if you need to, brother. (laughs) It's got a basket on it, as a matter of fact. It might be able to need it before it's over with. Fathers, we worship you. We count it a privilege to worship you through our giving. Bless that which is given. Bless those that give. And in the name of Jesus, reward us together as we worship you. Amen and amen.
situation today, it's good to know that God is God, that he has all power, that he knows the future when we don't, and we can trust him. We can trust him.
prayers to him. Thank Amen. you, Lord, this morning. Before I go into the sermon today, there, of course, is the reality of another war that is in the headlines and is affecting a lot of people worldwide, including the people that live there in the country of Ukraine. I have followed some of it this week. I also have recognized the fact that there are, as I've already said, there's over 30 wars or conflicts in the world today, actually, as I speak. This is the most major one. I'm not one to get into the politics of particular things, and especially from the church pulpit. I do not do that. Because I realize that in God's timetable and His prophetic word that everything that is happening in the world today, He is aware of. And most of it, I have no idea why, when, where, all the events are going to occur or how they occur. But I was struck by two things that I've seen this week. One is the fact that one of our governors in the state, uh, here in the United States, I, not it's in the, on the East Coast. I believe it's New Jersey, but I'm, I can't be sure of the name of the state. That he had ordered all of the vodka, Russian-made vodka, alcohol, pulled from the state sh uh, shelves, and this was their. One of their answers, one of their mandates that they were saying, this is for you, Russia, we're not going to sell your product. Well, of course, if you really read between the lines, that Russia's already got their money for that product that's been pulled. And perhaps you, one could call it a political move, but I, I don't... Uh, advocate vodka, so I don't have too much to say about it other than that. And the other thing that struck me that I want to share with you, and these are prayer points that I'm getting at, is that on one of the news reels that I, I witnessed, there was a long 
embrace of a Ukrainian father hugging his children and telling them goodbye as they were leaving the country, perhaps to go to Poland to be safe. And he was to stay, he was staying there to fight. And of course the commentator made the remark that this dad may never see his children, the children may never see this dad again. What I did not see, and which I know is real also, is that there were Russian soldiers that had came, and yes, we view them as an enemy, but many of the soldiers have wives and children themselves, and they may never see each other again. I'm not praying for someone to win the war, but I'm praying that God will help take the conflict out of man's heart, whether he be Russian or whether he be Ukrainian, and allow man to have peace. Now, you flip the coin, you're going to say, but it's all biblical, and that is so true. I recognize that. We've actually had conflicts in this world of war that has been, that has involved families on one part and another family on the other part that have been in conflict with each other. I remember during the uh, not World War II, but the war just immediately following that one. I can't call it. I apologize for that. Say it louder. All right. We had church members that were in conflict with each other. And of course, it's easy being the people we are to pray for the certain people that uh, that our people are representing. But you see the conflicts that happen when there are actually families can be divided. Church, churches and their members can be divided. It's a heavy thing. What we need, of course, is for God to be able to touch the hearts of all these people and to remove the spirit of war from them. How is that possible? Well, I'll tell you this. Mankind and governments can't do it. Only God Almighty can do that. It's a terrible thing, war. I never was at the age in which there was an armed conflict going on in the nation that we live in. However, my brother, my younger brother, as is uh, some here in our congregation, were at the age in which the Vietnam War occurred, and they served. 
It is a terrible thing, war. But it's a terrible thing for men to disregard God, the God of peace, the God who wants to save all mankind, the Jesus who gave His life for all mankind. Yes, bitterness can be exhibited and talked about, about different governments and the things that they're creating seemingly without cause, just for selfish or for egotistical reasons, political power. Those are things that we all abhor. Those are things that we cannot condone. But I am praying and asking you to pray if you'll join me in prayer this morning before the offset of this sermon for those moms and dads, sons and daughters that are going to be torn apart, that somehow they'll find the solace regardless of their nature of their country and their political affiliation, that they'll find Jesus which transcends all the governments. It transcends all the political ideologies. Jesus is not interested in that, but the devil is. As a matter of fact, I want to give you a comment about the devil. When I was awakened sometime during the night, indeed I was awakened about the conflict that is going on in uh, Ukraine, I couldn't help but think about the families that were being torn apart. Both sides, by the way. They, they're all souls. The soul that belongs to God will inherit eternal life whether it has a bullet through its head or not. The soul that will not inherit eternal life, whether it has a bullet through its head or not. I was awakened thinking about that. And in my being woke up, I seen a bullet going through either soldier through their head and them dying. But above all that, i seen another figure above all of them with its arms spread out. There was no blood from the head from a bullet, but there was the scars. There was the pain of, from the thorn, for it was Jesus who died upon the cross, that whosoever didn't name a country, didn't name a, a political party, that whosoever would believe upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I pray not for the country and its government as such, but I pray as a pastor for the souls that are out there 
whether they're on the battlefield or whether they're under a parking garage or whether they're in a tunnel, wherever they're at, that they'll find the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now then, this request is not absurd. It's not far out. It could be a year, a few years ago, it could be a Rudy or a Steve, my brother, who's already gave his life. It could be anyone, your son, your daughter, your husband, your companion. Let me tell you something. There are people that are dying without the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart, their life. They could indeed be walking the streets of our community, driving down the road, and it happened to them. They need Jesus, folks. Let's call upon Jesus to help mankind somehow or another find that route to the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we are coming to You, thanking You, Lord, right now that we have You to come to. Lord, I do not want this to be a political type thing in this prayer. I want it to be a man that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and I love people and I do not want to see them lost, to see them undone. Yes, Lord, I know that the Bible says, Wide is the way and broad is the gate that leadeth unto destruction. But narrow is the way and straight is the gate that leadeth unto eternal life. Father, I pray for our friends, our loved ones. I pray for our neighbors. I pray for the people that we do not even know. Lord, I pray for the people that are in our eyes and our culture deplorable. But Lord, you gave your life for them. Somehow, Lord, we need to be able to reach and spread the love of the Lord Jesus Christ into their lives. Father, I am hurting this morning because there are things that I can no longer do that I would love to be able to do. Lord, I would love to be able to reach out and touch and go to each home in prayer, a prayer of comfort. And Lord, I would like to be able to touch the wife or the husband or the son or daughter or the mom or dad that has lost someone already. And let them know that Jesus understands and that Jesus can take care of. Father, we need you to take care today. Lord, we need your help in this church service. And we need your help, Lord, in the wars that are going on in this world. And the wars that are going on in individuals' hearts. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I would like to be able to say something this morning that will be a blessing and a benefit to you. And I gave this presentation just a, a title that says, Careful Who You Trust. Reading from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. Jeremiah gives such a warning. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and shall spread out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I believe that the last verse of this text of Scripture that I have shared with you is one of the greatest verses of promise and hope for mankind. I believe it is an answer to any type of brick wall that you go up against because it offers hope regardless of the circumstances that you are in. Notice the Scripture says, if you're in the Lord, if you're planted as by the waters, you are going to be as one tree or as a tree that its roots will flourish and will not dehydrate, will not splinter, will not be blown over by the wind because the roots have become so deep that they have spread out. It doesn't matter the heat that comes your way, that is, the trials, the tribulations. By the way, read something into that. It doesn't mean trials and tribulations don't come. It doesn't mean the wind doesn't blow. It doesn't mean that there will not be turmoil in the land. Think about it. But as a tree planted by the river, it shall not 
recognize the heat. It will not recognize the wind. It will not recognize the difficulties of the land because its roots are planted in the ground by the rivers that provide nourishment, strength. It will not keep you one from even yielding the fruit of that tree. What what a blessing. What a blessing. My hope for those that are in conflict today, that regardless of which side they belong to, and don't be so narrow to think that, well, if they're on that particular side, how can they belong to any anyone? Well, the Bible just teaches us, you know, to be faithful to our countries. And uh, I know sometimes that can be a stretch, but uh, when you think maybe some of the religions of this, these countries, uh, what in the world are we dealing with? Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, but I do know this. We've got a God that is talking to us that hear the Word and understand the Word enough to know that we need to be grounded and rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the heat come. Let the cold come. Let let the frost come. Let the morning dew not show up. Let all these negative things happen. But when the roots are in the Lord Jesus Christ, when they are there, blessed be the name of the Lord. I tell you what, I, I, I just cannot get over the fact that God wants to take care of His people through all the difficulties of life. Now, I'm going to stay in the book of Jeremiah for just a few minutes. And I'm going to go to the 24th chapter... 29th chapter of Jeremiah, and uh, I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go away, and then I'm going to come back again, and when I come back, you'll know that that's the end of it. Uh, all right. Jeremiah 29, 4 through 9. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto all that are carried away captives. Now, uh, perhaps a little background. Uh, is important at this particular time. Jeremiah was one of the prophets of, of Israel, uh, a wonderful man. He was uh, serving God in a time in which there was great transition in the lives of the children of Israel. And at this particular time, he had been in a situation where the children of Israel had been failing the Lord. Their roots were not as they needed to be. They had caused things to happen. They had distanced themselves from the Lord. And as it happens sometimes when man lets his his fence down or the wall down between uh, he and God against the devil, the devil can get in if we do not keep the hedge the way it should be. And so, in this particular setting, we are hearing what Jeremiah is talking about to the children of Israel 
I'll begin again at verse 4. He said, Unto all that are carried away, you're in trouble, folks, that's what he says, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem and Babylon. Build you houses. Now, this, God, you can be God's people. There's people in Ukraine and Russia today that are God's people, but they probably don't feel like it. But the thing is, the children of Israel didn't feel like it either. And so this is Jeremiah's word to them. He is saying to them, because you're going to be carried away, you're going to be overcome, you're going to be imprisoned. He said, I want you to go when you get there to build houses. Interesting scenario. You don't go to jail and build a house. Well, jail was a different concept at that particular time, even though there were jailhouses as such, prisons as such. But this was a whole country that was being taken away. And they were being taken away to, to the country that was then known as Babylon. In this particular setting, they were up against the mountains. They were against the valley. They were against the river. All these were different uh, borders of where they were being imprisoned with the Babylonian guards people taking care of the boundaries so that nobody escaped. And they were so far away they wouldn't have wanted to escape anyway. But this is what God told them to do. That when you get in this terrible condition, He said, I want you to go ahead and I want you to build houses, dwell in them, go ahead and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. You're going to be there for a while. Jeremiah 20. 9 verse 6 says, After you build these gardens and houses and your places that you're going to have to operate and live in, he said, go ahead and get married. Have children, sons, daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands that you may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Well, we don't hear of that type of imprisonment anymore. But this was a type of imprisonment in that particular day and time. What a situation. Well, here, here is something you might be wondering. How long are they going to be there? Well, let's look at the Word. It said you're going to be there long enough that you need to seek the peace of the city, whether the place I have carried, caused you to be carried away to, and you pray for the things that are going on there. Verse 8, For the Lord God, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you Neither hearken to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesied falsely unto you. In my name I have not sent them, saith the Lord. I want to stop here long enough. And many of us 
are familiar with handling things that we uh, may consider confidential, and we say, I'm not going to tell you this, but I'm not going to give you a name. Well, that is kind of what Jeremiah is doing right here. He said, when you get over there, he said, there's going to be prophets. What kind of prophets are you talking about? He's talking about false prophets. Diviners that are people who supposedly are giving the, the future. They're telling, they're forecasting things. They, they, got your they got your attention. But he said, don't you pay attention to them. My title of this message today is Careful Who You Trust. Now, wait a minute. These folks have disobeyed the Lord. They have fallen from the graces of Almighty God. And they have been ran over by the Babylonian people and taken captive. They're in a way land from Israel, from their home city of Jerusalem. They're a long ways from all, all these places. They've moved. Think of this as a, a place of spirituality, if you will. Don't use the thought country as far as land and buildings. These are people that have moved from where God wants them to be. They have been deceived and they have followed with their eyes open sometimes the deception of the prophets and the diviners. And they can be called ministers, they can be called churches, they can be called different things. What, what, a, what a predicament we have then and we have now. We've got to trust God. We've got to follow His Word, His Spirit, follow His guidance. Now then, as we look at these four verses here, and we look at the ninth verse again, I want you to understand that what it is saying. They're still ministering. But Jeremiah said, These guys, they prophesize falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. I'm going to include verse 10 right now because this answers the question. I'll come back to the same verse. But this is what the Lord is, through Jeremiah, is telling them. He said that after 70 years, oh boy, I, I can't think of 70 years. Can you? Well, yes, I can. But maybe all of us can't think 70 years. As a matter of fact, somebody this week uh, asked my wife and I how many years uh, we had been married. And, of course, I, I, I had the answer. So I gave it since I had the answer. 61 years, they, they thought. I can't fathom that. And uh, I can't either as far as that goes. But no, nevertheless, it, it was something... It was a number she had no connection 
with this young lady, one of the rehab nurses uh, at the Hager House in Olathe. As she heard that number, uh, I said, I anticipated her question, what was the secret? And I said, uh, the first thing I said is you got to live long enough. And that is true. You've got to live long enough. And, of course, my second answer is a little bit more serious, and that is the fact that you have got to be with a partner that is sincere and dedicated to the vows that you have took and to respect them and be obedient to them. Well, enough of that. Don't mean it bad, Joy. Enough of that. I'm changing horses at this time. When Jeremiah tells them 70 years, that, that probably had to blow their mind. But on the other hand, now you understand why he said plant gardens, build houses, get married. And we're going to read prophetically about this time from the book of Psalms. And by the way, in case you are not aware, in the book of Psalms, a lot of poetry, a lot of music, uh, poems that are in that particular uh, book. Not all of it was written by David. Uh, there was others that lent a hand. But the book of Psalms is the greatest prophetic book as far as the numbers go, there's over 200 prophecies in the book of Psalms. I take you to a prophecy about what the 70 years was like for the children of Israel. Here it goes. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and we wept when we remembered where we used to live, that being Zion, Jerusalem. They were thinking about that as they sat there. Somewhere around them was these guys riding horses and whatever uh, spaceships they were on at that particular time, keeping guard on the children of Israel in the land of Babylon. But at this particular case, there's a throng of them They're down by the river, and they're remembering, they're remissing, they're reviewing the days that they were in by war of the Babylonians. And the prophecy said concerning them that the harps that they used to play, verse 2, we have hung them up on the willow trees. When I think of willow trees, I think of what my mother used to call them, the weeping willows. You ever hear of that? And here are the harps on the weeping willow trees. And then they began to think how they had been carried away captive. How they had hung their harps up. How they had been in this miserable condition uh, that the conflict of war had pushed upon them. And they thought within themselves, 
and said out loud, no doubt, for they carried us away captive. And now they require of us a song. What, what about your children of Israel? You used to sing. You used to uh, rejoice. You had marches. You had church. What happened? The prophet says they required of us a song. They required of us mirth, meaning let's hear your joyful talking. Let's hear you talking and bragging about the fact that you're God's people, that you've been redeemed. And the prophet wrote these words when he said they required of us not only the song, but a mirth, but they said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. We cannot know of a certainty of what kind of song that they wanted the children of Israel to sing. But I would think today if we were in their shoes and we messed up our lives in such a way that we drifted from God, that we were in a demonic imprisonment We don't have our piano and we don't have our worship team with us to lead us in song. And if they come around where some of us older ones are, hey, how about you singing, Blessed Jesus, hold my hand? In my particular case, they wouldn't be able to sing it anyway, but in your case, you could sing it. Just over in the glory land, what a joke that would be at that moment in time. Now listen to what they said to the soldiers, to the guards, when they required of them one of the songs of Zion. Verse 4, how shall we sing? How can we sing? How shall we sing the Lord's song? In a strange land. I am like some that it seems to me, as a matter of fact, it seems scary to me when we go to church and we're not seeing what we want to see. Mind you, I'm not saying the Lord is displeased and we're about to be carried away. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, it is very alarming to me that sometimes I wonder if we should be singing some of the songs we sing when we're and just going through the motions to make it pretty. We do all that. How we need so many times as today, I've seen the Spirit of the Lord settle upon our worship team. When I, when I see that happen, I begin to think, I'm not going to preach today. There's, some, there's going to be a spirit that's moving among the audience, and the altar is going to fill up. Nobody gives an altar call. The Spirit does that. The Spirit does that. 
We don't want to be in a strange land, folks. We don't want to be in that place where we cannot feel the Lord. No, we do not want to be in conflict with those things that are going on that cause imprisonment, spiritual imprisonment. Now I want to go back to this text that I was reading in the 17th chapter uh, and uh, or the 29th chapter and start again at verse 10 where I left off a few minutes ago. For thus saith the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Now, those of you that like to get into the Bible and the uh, long story, as opposed to me making the story short today, read from the first, second book of Ezra, and you will see how uh, what happened as they came back from Babylon. Jeremiah is baking the cake and putting the icing on it here when he tells the children of Israel that God knows your thoughts. God knows what He thinks toward you. And this is what He thinks. Look at it. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end, meaning hope before the day is over. And when they come back, He tells them, Verse 12, Then shall you call upon me. You shall go and pray unto me. I will hearken unto you. You'll seek me. You'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Not not a fragment. Not something with a timetable on it. You'll search for for me with all of my heart. Now then, folks, verse 14. This is the promise not only to the Babylonian captivities of the, of the, by the children of Israel, but this is the hope that you and I have here today. This is the hope that those in Ukraine, those of Russia, those in the 30-plus wars that are existing civil wars, many of them, in other parts of the world. Here is what is happening today for us right here. Jeremiah said to them, I will be found of you, meaning the Lord. I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity And I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I cause you to be carried away from captive. No, the wars won't be eliminated. Poverty won't be eliminated. The devil is not going to be shut up at this point in time. But the Lord is open to those 
who pray with a sincere and an open heart. Lord, help us here today. So I'm going to ask us again to pray. I want to ask you to stand and pray. This will be our closing prayer, although I'm going to call upon Brother Nagel at the end of our concert prayer to dismiss us in prayer. But right now, let the church pray. Oh, how we need the peace and the help of God. We need to be ourselves delivered from any captivity, any captivity that is holding us back and put us in the place that God can use us. Shall we all pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, we need your help today. Father, we seek your help. God, we must have you in everything. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Have your way, O God. Have your way. Lord, look down upon us, O God. Father, we need you, O Lord God, today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Bless us, your people, God. Oh, God, we pray for the captivity that may exist in anybody's life to be removed and rebuked. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Praise God. Brother Nagel, if you will. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mighty God, as we come before thee, so thank you, Lord God. And know that you are our captain, Lord. And you, Almighty God, thank you, Heavenly Father. As we walk, Almighty God, in this world, it is a sinful world, it's a dark world, Lord. Knowing, Almighty God, that you go before us, Lord. You lighten the way, Lord. You are the cloud, Almighty God. Praise God. Praise God. So thankful, Almighty God, Lord, to know that we have the